0: Welcome to the Morning Scroll. I'm Rabbi Dina Cowens from Mishkan, Chicago, and you're listening to what will be a quick dive into this week's Parsha. If you've been meaning to brush up on your Jewish literacy or you're looking for some inspiration, you've come to the right place. This week we read Parsha Bamid Bar in the wilderness, the first in the book of Bamid Bar. Here's a quick recap. The Israelites are still in the desert, hence Bamidbar, and God decides it's time to know how many people there are, so they begin a census, but just of all the males over the age of 20, aka anyone who could be a fighter when it comes time to conquer the land. God also names one person from each tribe as a prince or chieftain of the tribe. The counting commences, and it's a lot of people. Like more than 600,000 people, and that's not including Levites, women, and children which means there were several million Israelites and others associated with them traveling in the desert, or so the Torah says. Organizing this number of people is a real job, so God assigned each one a place around the Mishkan and then assigns them to other tribes to be part of their little group and then tells them to camp with the flags of their tribe and a special flag for each three-tribe grouping. We then get a genealogy of Aaron and Moses and all of Aaron's sons and their sons, etc., down to different Levite clans, and a reminder that Aaron and his sons were chosen for priestly duty. And then we finish off the Parsha with a recap of the specific duties of each priestly clan, such as who carries which portions of the Mishkan and who sweeps up the ashes, etc. The end. So we might be out of the Book of Vayikra, but here we are, once again, facing a Parsha that doesn't exactly jump out at us with juicy narrative, if you know what I mean. But as we learned in the Book of Vayikra, for the commentators, these Parshas that seem a little dry on the surface are usually the ones that they choose to teach us these profound mystical lessons. And Bamidbar is no exception. So though my eyes sort of glazed over when I read the Parsha, the commentators go wild, especially with the talk of each camp holding flags. Yes, that's right, flags. To me, this thing about the flags and everyone has to put their flag up and you put your flag here and this is your flag, it seemed like just a logical tactic for organizing huge numbers of people. How else are you supposed to find your way around this giant million-person encampment? I think of it like going to one of those giant grocery stores which put up signs above the aisles like baking supplies, oils, flour, so you can find what you're looking for. But according to Jewish tradition, these flags reveal a deep mystical secret. So according to one of the oldest mystical texts, the Midrash Merkava, God came down on Mount Sinai to give the Torah accompanied by millions of angels who were themselves organized around flags. And seeing this, the Israelites at Revelation were inspired and said to Moses, hey, we want flags too. So when it came time to officially organize this giant camping trip, God and Moses honored the Israelites' request and organized the camp as a reflection of the divine cohort of angels and heavenly beings. Meaning, the way that we live here on earth, the way that we organize ourselves in relation to others, is supposed to be a direct reflection of heaven. And so while we might not live in one giant encampment around the Mishkan anymore, we can still aspire to live in community as if we do. And I can only imagine how different the world would be if we saw ourselves as truly part of the same community and if we treated that community as holy. See you next week.